The next African story will be written by Africans. Meet the people using technology, innovation, and entrepreneurship to craft this new narrative. This is Building the Future Podcast with your host, Dalton, coming up today on Building the Future. So there's been lots of boom around fintech yes. in Nigeria, especially yes, in the yes. last 12 months. Yes, How yes. do you see this play out? Um, yeah, I think increasingly financial solutions or finance, it's a big problem. A lot of things haven't been built yet. Our financial infrastructure is, I don't want to say terrible, but it's not as advanced as where you have, have in the US and the UK. There are big problems here that we need a lot of people to solve. And so it's exciting now that local companies are trying to solve these problems. You know, before we just wait for people to solve it for us, you know, so it's like, like on that industries, for example, I don't think there's anybody thinking of building an airplane here. My guest today is Shola Akinlade, co-founder at Paystack. I think Paystack is one of the most interesting startups in the Nigerian ecosystem in the last 18 months. There's been a lot of talk about what Paystack is doing in the fintech play. And two co-founders are one of the most focused people in the ecosystem, using technology to solve payment problems in Africa and growing exponentially. Paystack was the first Nigerian company to get accepted into the Y Combinator yes, Accelerator Program. So that's amazing feat. But then you also did us good by actually executing well and growing fast. So it's a pleasure to have Shola today. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. We first met when you were uh, while you were in the program and we had a long Skype chat. That was January 2016. And then I've been following your story since then. And then when you came back to Lagos, I hosted a, a coffee chat with you and your co-founder to just talk about your story. And put it on YouTube. And we put it on YouTube. And now when people look out for me, they go to YouTube, they type Facebook and then they find it. And then when I meet them, they say, oh, I, I heard about your story already. You, you heard, they said they heard your story That's already. That's what a lot of people tell me now. When people research space that they find it and then they watch the video. And then... Interesting. So, <laughs> that's really good. Yeah. Well, I hope we're able to capture your story there well. properly. <laughs> but anyway, uh, today again is another opportunity for us to talk about what you're doing. So let's start with this. You are a software engineer. Why did you decide to study software engineering in Nigeria, apart from you wanting to be another big kid, what was the motivation for you? Honestly, I think um, I had a computer. So my uncle gave me a computer, which probably is the best gift I've ever received. <laughs> because I, I finished school and then I had like a one year wait, a gap year. So I had a computer and then I just played with it all through the year. And so it was obvious that I was going to study computer science. That's interesting. So your uncle gave you a computer and then you started playing with it. Exactly. And what were you doing with the computer then? Random things. Photoshop, actually. So I think um, then the things that fascinated me, I would take like Ronaldinho. I would remove his head and put my head there. You know, some random Photoshop stuff. Um, and, then, and then when I see things around, I try to recreate them. So, yeah. So it was graphic design mostly. Yeah. So you did that while you were in secondary school? While I was waiting to get into... Um, to get to university. To university. And yeah. then when you went to university, you so, decided to study? So I think while I was waiting, I wanted to study well, maybe electrical engineering or something. But I, I didn't get in that first year. So while I was waiting, I had a computer. So it was obvious, you know, what I'm going to have to do computer science. So the next time I tried, I just put in for computer science. And then I got into Babcock. You went to Bangkok University, which was a private university. What was the most fascinating thing for you while you were studying in Bangkok, uh, your software engineering especially? What was the most fascinating thing for you? For, for me, really, when we got into Bangkok, um, you know, I told you I started with graphic design. We had a computer lab, and then, but then it wasn't graphic. It was just QBasic. That was 2002. I think just meeting different smart people was, was very, very interesting. That's how I met Ezra, in fact. That's how I started programming because Ezra was in a Greek, <laughs> which is very interesting. So he studied a Greek? Ezra, studied, Ezra was studying a Greek in the first year. I think maybe he didn't pass. <laughs> so they didn't put him, they, he didn't get to computer science. So they, I think they put him in a Greek science, I think. <laughs> Ezra, your CTO now. <laughs> yes, was yes. studying a Greek. But, but they had a computer lab. And then so people just go there and play around with I didn't I didn't take my, my computer was a desktop, so I didn't, I didn't take it to school. So we had a computer lab in school. So I went people just go to hang out there. So Ezra, who's who is in a Greek science, will come to the computer lab and just shakara all of us. 
<laughs> he was doing well in yes. computer, even though he wasn't studying as his major. A few people got inspired. I got inspired that if Ezra that's is not even studying computer science, it's like the one shining. Why will I, you know? And so that that really inspired me. So just just that was one of the good. I'm, I'm getting a feel that in your uni at Bangkok, you have very good tech inspiring uh, network or, or ecosystem mini ecosystem there two big things exactly so continuing the Ezra story two big things we had at Babcock was we had a YDT young developers team okay which is essentially people that are interested in software just come together and then they learn so that's where I learned that's where I was teaching to but um, that's where I learned and then we had what we call the software exhibition so every year the best students will come and exhibit whatever they've done so that year, Ezra was, ex- I didn't exhibit the first year. So Ezra and a few people exhibited. and so Software was, product. Yes. Yeah, so whatever they've done. So Ezra did one random, something <laughs> <laughs> <only> random, <laughs> you know, so, but, but a lot of us were ex- inspired. And then the next year I told myself I was going to have to exhibit the next year. And so I had like one year to just prepare. You know, and that was like how I learned everything. So tell me about this exhibition. So people, this university encourages you to build a product, no matter what it is. Yes, the, exactly. The the, 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 the students, <laughs> it's not even the university now. So the students, is, is a student-run team. Okay. And the students, like, there's a, I think it's called a computer club. It's like just the association of students so in computer science. Yeah, we just organized. And it could be any software and you have the resources to do that. We would invite everybody in the school into the big auditorium. Like it's a proper, what is the incentive for? No, it's, it's, the incentive is that everybody will come and be on. You'll be on stage. You'll exhibit what you've done, and people will clap for you. You know, that's it. <laughs> so, so, the, so the, but is appreciating. Yes, somebody who's built a product. Exactly. And exactly. Interesting. Like the day. <laughs> yes. No, no, actually interesting. I don't know if you followed or you read the story or you watched the movie about Steve Jobs. Steve Wozniak, uh, the co-founder of Apple, was like that. So every computer club in the 70s where people can come and exhibit. No financial incentive. It's just, these guys are just thinking around product in their garage and they're building computers. Exactly. And Steve Wozniak and Jobs went to that stuff and then they exhibited their first product um, that became Apple as we knew today. So you were doing, you were recreating the 1970s computer club. (laughs) Exactly. What is the impact of that or what has been the impact of that for you in what you're doing now uh, with Ezra? It was a natural progression. So spent the first year learning. Next year, I exhibited and then what I exhibited was very interesting, actually, well, pointless, but interesting. It was a voice-activated website. So I would just say home, and then it would take you up there, about us. <laughs> about us. Which is good. Three, Which you know? is good. <laughs> exactly. Which can be good for somebody who, uh, who, who cannot know. touch you. I think it was pointless, but I spent a lot of time figuring it out. But the summer that year, I got an internship at Tavia Tech, and that, I took that CD for my... Um, interview actually told them this is what I had built I got the job and in that summer I built websites for banks big banks actually I think four or five big banks and you were still an undergrad exactly and you were building websites websites for for banks banks. or I had the opportunity and so were you uh, in a team of people exactly I was in a team but by the time I finished so my first project I was just in a team but after that first project, it's already standalone. <laughs> if there's anything like that, you know. So exactly. So at the end of my internship, it was a four-month internship. At the end of that internship, I was already a normal person. <laughs> I was no longer a beginner. And so back then, I went back to school. And then the people that had final year projects, the people that were supposed to be in 400 level that semester, a lot of them reached out to me. And so I built the ones that had web apps. Um, again, I built web apps for all of them. So I built about maybe seven or eight web apps in the third year. So by the time I got to the fourth year, I was already a very bad guy. <laughs> you were doing more. Exactly. So by the time I got to my fourth year, I was already building projects for people outside now. So I was now building real projects. Um, you and know, you were I was, making money. Exactly. I was making, well, 15K, 20K, but it was big money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah, exactly. So but by the time I finished school, I had everything. Like I was just, I was, I was a very good, I had all the experience and I had all the skills. And then you went to work for a blue chip company, Anakin. What were you doing for Anakin? It was a management training program. So I was just supposed to understand the... The whole business. So not a, not a software development role. But again, even in that, I started doing some software. On the side or in the company? Both. 
uh, but in the company too, I, I was trying to figure out how, because so for example, when you look at a, um, a bottle, there are some codes there. And the, the big problem they had then was, and this was just from a chat with somebody. Um, it was like people re, um, return whenever they have a problem. Someone says, oh, I found, I found the, you know how Nigerians can say, I found stone in this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always hard for them to backtrack it and figure out what happened, you know, but they had all the data. So what I did for them was I built a tool, just an internal tool where once they put that code, we'll figure out the line it was produced, the date it was produced, every other thing that was produced, you know, so it was, it was very very interesting so again just solving problems those kind of problems but i was still bored um and you know i figured that i could do more so yeah so you left heineken because you were a bit bored yes what was itching you is it that you felt that you could build product on your own or you want to make more money i felt no never about money. i was making in fact the reason i went to heineken was that it was a very interesting offer so i don't know if i can drop numbers but it was about five million naira as a 2007. 2007. <laughs> yes, just think bad. about that. <laughs> exactly. So, and I was going to stay in a hotel for one year. You know, so. In Nigeria? Yes. And I was 22. So, it was just the perfect job for, for me. But, oh, it was supposed to be the perfect job. But I just figured that, why am I? I'm still spending my core hours not building. And I'm a builder, you know, like. I just figured that you know I should be building, you know, and that's that's why I figured that. Out. So I was I was after doing that for like about nine or ten months. I got tired and I felt like you know what? Imagine if I spent my real productive hours building and not just like evenings or something, you know. And that's it was the joy of just waking up in the morning and building, building, building that made me. Uh, so your resign. first product was Procurio, and what was the idea behind Again, that? Again, so um, before I got to Anakin, just in that gap here. While I was working, I went back to Tavia, but I, I was doing something for another company um, around intranets. And so we figured that again, SharePoint and all those things are very expensive. But, and these things are expensive. Microsoft is selling these things for millions of naira, and I can build it. I know I was naive though, but, <laughs> but the thinking was that if Microsoft is spending, charging people millions for this thing, I can build. Why don't I just build it myself? You know? And so that's it's the um, builder mentality. Yeah, so that's what we did. It was Mayowa and I actually. And so we built it. Who's uh, Mayowa? It was my co found at, at Pecorio. Yeah, so we were friends. We went to Babcock together too. So we built it and we tried to sell it. for that? No, oh. no, no. We tried to sell it and we got some very good customers actually. So in fact, it was used in some banks. SharePoint. Not SharePoint. Pecorio itself. Pecorio was, what yes. does Pecorio do? Um, it's an intranet. So it's like an internal collaboration tool. It's like Dropbox. But um, maybe... Enterprise. Uh, enterprise, Dropbox. yes, exactly. But, um, but can be used in different ways. So people use it. So some people use it for learning so they just upload courses on it you know so different people people use it in different ways you must be having a lot of cost in terms of server and no 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 really so what we did was it's it's it was open source in fact the it was the software we were doing so it's it's proper enterprise you download it you install it on your server it was on-premise yes okay. yes so, yes. so just think about it as on-premise job box yes mm-hmm. exactly and that was 2007 too but you couldn't uh, monetize it yes so we, we tried to monetize it but we were not patient we tried to monetize it in nigeria but we felt like nigerians were not talking about quality like like you had to know people, you had to do all those things, and we didn't really want to do all those things. So we were like, you what know, what do you mean all those things? Like relationship, you know. So there's something you saw. They said online and said that someone said I said the quality of advice in Nigeria is terrible or something. The quality <laughs> of advice in Nigeria is terrible. I think, did you see that? That I was misquoted though. But 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 the early advice we got when we were trying to do pre-career was that you know what, set up a company, get a chairman, get a someone that is very well connected, and then you guys will do this. You know. So we got all that. You got somebody who is well connected. We got all that advice. And we, okay, you got the advice. Did you follow the advice? No, we didn't. Like we tried to, but it was it was it was very Is it because the product you're building you have to sell to big companies? Maybe that is it. But part of that was just that we felt we were getting distracted just trying to even sell it when we wanted to do what we wanted to do was customer development we wanted to even get people to even use it and let us know if they liked it or not as a guest. Okay, before we even buy it, send your proposal, do this, come for this, go and do this, go and talk to somebody. Uh. Don't you think that maybe you need somebody whose expertise is selling, who sells enterprise product in Nigeria? But remember how like in the life cycle of building products, like 
the customer discovery and development is is very important, you know. And we felt like we wanted to go through that process. I don't know. We were twenty two. I yeah. think, um, but um, but it's always hard to do this uh, lean startup methodology with enterprise because the cost of switching and the cost of failure is so high that they wouldn't want to do MVP with you. Also, again, except if. But funny enough, I told you we got this into big companies. So the way enterprises work is that if you go and meet them and say I have this, they're going to like, who are you? <laughs> but if they're saying like I need this. And you say, okay, can you use this? Be like, yes, yes, yes. You know, so I think the the pull versus push theory still works with the enterprise. Trying to figure out what they think they need and try to make them think <laughs> what you have. We is, solve that is, problem is, for is, them. Is it. And that 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 worked. But again, we were just not comfortable with the cycle and even the internal politics. And you know, I don't know what happened really. I, I think we just got bored again and just said, you know what. This thing we are doing, more people are looking for this thing than just this local ecosystem. So let's just put it up online. So and you put it online. We put it online on SourceForge, and like the first day, got an email. Oh, we've been looking for this. In fact, it was in Brazilian. Like it was in Portuguese. It was the Brazilian guy that responded first. You know, I just put it on Google Translate. I saw it. I was like, wow. She said, so we responded to the guy. The guy said, you know what? I'll translate it to you for you guys in Portuguese. So we immediately rebuilt the software in a way where people can add translation files. You know, so. We got it. So at the end, like now it's available in like six or seven languages, even oh, Chinese. It's still on. Yeah, I think I think it's on, but it's evolved from it's evolved from what from from what it was then. From something else. But is it now monetized? Even then it was monetized. So after the first phase, we started getting companies asking us that, okay, can we pay for this? Their professional version. And, and how much were you making from this business? It was about $1,000 uh, per, per license. Yes, yes. Per, so, per month? Yeah, per <laughs> enterprise. One off. <laughs> yes. So, 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 so how much did you make in total from big... No, no, we made so much money. I know we... we, we but, um, what was your, like, your turnover before you left? Yeah. Okay, I, I don't. Um, in 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 the early days, we were selling about four licenses a month. Okay, that's not bad. That's like four thousand dollars. So it wasn't it wasn't very bad, but it was very distracting because you had to customize this, you had to do that. Um, so I think we had a very good run. For so you had like um, you're making like fifty or sixty thousand dollars a year initially, which was able to cover your cost. You didn't raise money for that. No, we, we we raised money at the end because we felt we could scale it. In fact, that's why I left. Okay, so tell me about why you left. Um, I left uh, because Maya, my co-founder, just like became very strong, like he could do everything. So when we wanted to raise money, I figured that, you know, we didn't need two of us again. Like we'll have more runway with one person or some. Is it that you had some co-founder issues? Not necessarily, not necessarily. But um, I felt like we had done this for about six or five or six years. Yes. And so this was 2013. And you were both paid as full-time co-founders. You didn't raise money. You bootstrapped it. No, we didn't raise money. We bootstrapped it for about six years. Wow. And then you were making money from that. Exactly. And we're doing a lot of stuff. In fact, I was richer than I am now. <laughs> when you were there? I think personally. <laughs> cash flow. You, cash, you have more money personally than now. And then yeah, you decided to say, let's raise more money because we can scale this. But you figured out two strong co-founders. Yes, not. yes. We figured. So firstly, what we were doing, so how we evolved was at some point we needed more money. So I started doing, we started, we shared the work. So my was doing the product and I was doing consulting. So remember I told you the consulting part was distracting. So I started just doing random. So anything that had to do with distraction, I would take it. And then so my I was focused on procure. So about one year later, I got a bit distanced, disconnected maybe. And so when we wanted to raise funding, of course we couldn't raise funding for the consulting part. The obvious thing to raise was for, for, the, for the product. product. So we raised for the product. And then I felt like it really didn't make sense for me to get into the product because I would just increase their bond rate. <laughs> uh, How much were they raising then? I think it was about 150K. Okay, so not a lot of money. So uh, we did that. Um, and so one, immediately that closed. I had like free time maybe. And then I started doing 
random consulting now. <laughs> uh, Did you cash out at that point? No, no, no. I didn't cash out. I didn't cash out. You still, you left your shares in the company. Yes, 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 yes. No, the company. I just, I just figured that I wasn't like I said. In like one year, I hadn't even touched the product. I just so you still have your shares in the company. So you because I spent like work. six or seven years working on it already. So let's talk mm. about. Paystack. Yes. What was the... That's natural progression. So I even like how you started. <laughs> so after uh, when Picoyo got off, I started now doing... I had more time. So I I, um, I did about three or four consulting projects for banks. So I did very fast about three or four. And so that's when I now started thinking about fintech payments, you know. So one one of the projects I was doing for one bank, I saw, I, I, I figured that, you know what, I can't even send, I was able to charge a card. I was just playing around, really. And I was able to charge my card with my from my local host. So for people, my local host is like my local system. And I just put my card number, boom, boom, boom. I connected, I wrote the code and I pressed run and boom, I got the debit alert. So I screamed. <laughs> I said, I said okay. fuck. <laughs> it worked. So that called. was some, you just tried that. Yes, yes, and it worked. And so, what? I, uh, yes, exactly. I'm well, like, what did you What did you do again? You just looked. You no, just no. So there the was number. a Mastercard API. Um, I was playing with. You're just messing around. Yes, I was really messing around actually. But I figured that if this API, like these things, can work, yeah, you know. So um, yeah, exactly. It was. It was. A, it was that simple. So it was just a random play around. Mm. Can this work? Can this work? A question mm. that led to you to discover that there's a simple way to get payment. Yes. So I won't say yes, exactly. The banks had it. I'm sure they were doing other things with it. But I figured that, you know what, before Paystack, a lot of people, that, that had been the problem I had. I was, I've always wondered why everybody was just redirecting to InterSwitch. Because, and, and that's why I never thought about a payments company. Because why build a payments company? If you see at the end of the day, redirect to it, that's which. And then, but you there know, were some payment company, but I was Simple Pay. There was Simple Pay, and all of them at that point, Vogue Pay, which Ezra did. Um, all of them, what they did were, was that once you sign up, once you're about to pay, when you pick Mastercard, it will now go to the InterSwitch Web Pay API. Yes, um, interface. Interface was the switchboard for yes, everyone. Yes, yes, yes. So what you did at Paystack was to bypass that. Yes. So it was Mix basically, which is Mastercard um, Internet Gateway System. I knew the banks had it then. In fact, the banks also had the the there's a there's a UI for that too that the banks were using. So what I discovered was there was a VPC, a virtual payments. This is getting too technical. Right. <laughs> there was a VPC, a virtual payment client that can accept card numbers directly. So I just played around with the VPC integration, um, looked at the documentation. It was very long documentation. I was like, you know what? Boom. And it worked. Like, I didn't expect it to work. So maybe that's what happened. But I played, 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 played. In fact, it didn't work at first. So, so I was like, why isn't this thing working? So I spent more time. And thankfully, because it was MasterCard, there, were, there was information online. So I spent more time researching, figuring things out. And then it worked. So immediately it worked. I knew that, wow, this is big. And then, so I called Ezra. Was he still working on Ayowo or is he left Ayowo then? Yes. Yeah, it was at Delivery Science, I think. Called him. Or maybe I saw him because, um, yeah, I think I saw him because I saw him that day and then I showed him and he walked so and I was like, wow, this is really nice. But he, he didn't say anything. Then because I said, you, knew, you both knew that something big is there that you yes. can make payments simpler. Than yes, exactly. Because if you can, if you can send the card number directly, then you can now build, that's essentially why we call it Paystack. You can build a lot of value around what the merchants want to eventually charge in the cards. Because before mm. then, you have everybody had to go through InterSwitch and InterSwitch was clumsy. If you have to go through, you can't figure out fraud for them. You can't do recurring billing. That's why it feels like Paystack was the first company to do recurring billing. Because now we can do recurring billing, proper recurring billing. If... I have a rails to send the card to, you know. So exactly. So there's a lot you can do. Um, but yes. Why so, wasn't InterSwitch doing that? Because I assume they have lots of smart people who are also experimenting. I think it's an infrastructure problem. Um, I think their infrastructure supports spin. I think it's the same infrastructure. I don't know this, but I think it's the same infrastructure that um, they use for ATMs, you know. And so, and recurring billing, you can do recurring billing if you have to accept a pin. Because you can't save a pin, so I can't save your pin. I can't save. In fact, you can't. You shouldn't. You can't save CVVs. Like, so, 
but MasterCard's infrastructure is a bit more relaxed because it's international. So you can just send card details to MasterCard and they can charge it. So however, to do recurring billing, you can now do, so what we did was let's do the first authentication. Once I've authenticated you the first time, then it makes sense to second transaction. I don't need to do a full authentication. You know, that's how we figured um, recurring billing out. Um, but yes, so that day I showed Ezra I just looked at it and just kicked it out. And then I think turning point was when I showed OO. You know, so I showed OO. OO was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just jumping around. I can do this, do this. You know, so I think it was OO that really sowed the seed of. Uh, this can be big. Yes, exactly. Which I didn't even think to, you know. So he just ginger. I think we should be calling him Ginger Master. You know, it went like extra mile. He even called me in the evening. Hey, you know that thing? This is this. <laughs> you know, so I think he spent one week just just getting me. <laughs> getting me that this could be big. And it was all the sending email to yes, the guys that, at Y Combinator. Exactly, which explains why he did that. You know, so he, part of the ginger. I don't even know why it was just so <laughs> gingered. <laughs> Yes. I think Oho, Oho has been interesting. You, you hear about Oho in most of a lot of stories that ha- in the ecosystem, even the story of um, Iroko, you, yes. ha- you hear something about Oho yes, there as well, yes, about yes. how something connected and Oho did yes, this. It's yes, been a, it's yes, a very yes. interesting extremely, ecosystem. Extremely. I think it was, it was super helpful. He's a real ecosystem builder. Yes, yes. And that's what an ecosystem is about, to be honest. Even connected me to a lot, my early, connected me to MasterCard. Connected me to a lot of early customers, Mac hotels that NG Printivo. You know, it was, it was, it was, it was. So exactly, that was a natural progression. So again, figured it out, and so I spent about three months now building it. So after that period, um, with a lot of ginger and fire, because I was still doing other things. Yeah, so built an MVP, and then Gingerbox. I think okay, Gingerbox. I don't Gingerbox know. Gingerbox is another company. Yes, so Gingerbox was the first. So I was talking to a few companies at the same time, but Gingerbox was very ready to move, just because its product required very simple payments. So they go to big companies and they drop fruits for them, and then they expect the people to pay. So obviously they need something very very um, seamless. So it was, and that's the customer discovery I really wanted the first time. Where we're not talking about proposal or anything. <laughs> Let's talk about my use case. Yes. Can it work? Is it solving your problem? Will you pay for the problem to go away? Can I build it? Yeah. Yes. In fact, the, uh, the next company that came, Jekalo, you know, I the was, right sharing uh, yes, app? yes. And the guy, um, yeah, Jekalo was a very interesting call. In fact, it was Jekalo that even made me know that this is going to be big <laughs> because when I asked, he, he called, um, he reached out to me. I think so. I put up a waitlist. So after Gingerbox, I put up a waitlist very fast um, because Kunle told his friends too. Um, so people were already knowing about it. Um, so I put a waitlist. So with Gingerbox, it was working. You, so they can. Were you working with another bank at that time? Yes, yes, I was working to with write, um, to Access, Bank. Access Bank. So you just went to Access Bank and said, can we be yes, so I had payment? Yes, I had had friends there already. So I just asked for a merchant ID. Um, so I got a merchant ID. That's Paystack. So it was that merchant ID I was now using to play and test. Them. So you don't have to go through a lot of bureaucratic... But remember, I had a business. I had a consulting, a proper business. No, I'm talking about... I think there is a lot of bureaucratic stuff that people have to go through for payment. Oh, I don't, I've forgotten the right word for it now, but compliance. You have to do compliance. I did that already. So I, again, I, I spent a lot of time just trying to figure that out very fast. So I did, I did the PCI so did that. So then, then Gingerbox Ginger could then become your first customer using it and people were being but paid. But immediately Gingerbox went live. Then the pressure started. You know, because, because everybody wanted a simple Yes, payment. and it was super half-baked because a lot of things were customized for Gingerbox. So it was when Jekalo now... Uh, reached out to me. It was on the wait list. So, I, so everybody that gets on the wait list, I talk to them. So Jekala was like, you know, I need people to do this. I'm like, yeah, but I don't have a settlement mechanism yet. So it was like, no, don't worry, keep the money. <laughs> I just want when people get on their rides, let's just charge them. You know, I'm like, wow. For this guy to tell me to keep the money, that means this is a big, is a big problem. problem. Exactly. You know, so. But, yeah. but uh, there was simple pay. There was folk pay. There was cash and void. Were they not doing that 
simple stuff at that point. At that point, none of them could allow you charge a card the second time without the user entering okay, their details. So the biggest pain point then was recurrent payment. That was my entry points. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but that's fine enough. That's not the real problem. I saw it now. Uh, yes, exactly. So that, that was the biggest uh, pain point. And I think we were the first people to really just say we were solving our problem. So Jekyllot then said, okay, we want this as well. And then you then you then move from customized product to no, something I, more. Yeah, no, not really. It just made me people. get more ambitious and just again, forget about everything. I, I, it just made me want to like, just do this, do it right. very well. So Jekyllot um, made you to understand that there are more people with this big problem and you can build a product that could be massive to solve that problem for a lot of people. And what did you do next after um, that? So that was the time. I, I, so I, I basically just had a wait list. I was just going through my wait list. Gingerbox, Jekyllot, Push CV. You know, I was um, DIY Law. Those DIY Law introduced you the, to me. No, exactly. But, but how I met DIY Law and how they started using Paystack. Like, in fact, I need to thank my first 10 customers because they were the ones that made me really know that definitely this thing is going to be successful. Like, because I met, so I told, oh, again, I was looking for a lawyer, blah, 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 because this thing, I need to set up the company, blah, blah, blah. I was using my other company. Um, so I was like, okay, let's talk to um, longer practice. So I met them that day. Like, okay, what do you want to do? Call them from color. Like, so what was this? company about i told them it's a payments company I'm like ah we need this thing now <laughs> like yeah <"Hey>, okay <laughs> so again signed them up very fast and they started using it also very fast you know so i was just going through the process and so it was around that period that oo now reached out to yc that guys stripe is in nigeria <laughs> like stripe doesn't need to come to nigeria because we have our own stripe so yc reached out to me uh, and i said i should tell them more about it to so now package and say this is this is what we're trying and to do and at that point Ezra was already co-founder well not exactly so I was already talking to Ezra Ezra was already were you the only me. one doing all the stuff before just you it's a one man band I spent about one year doing it yes seven others customers full stack engineer yes uh, very interesting days <laughs> I replied in, 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 in your house but I had I had a good team so that, that's what I was about to say so I had um, mentors I had friends so my friends were helping me with some stuff um, across different things so i had people i could call like even oh, oh, like I had, I had a good team around around me so that helped me but um i was driving it and you didn't and raise any money then no no, no i didn't raise any before money. you went to white combinator you didn't you didn't raise any money so white combinator was the first money in well i had angel funding so i had one but that's that's not well raised. is it family and friends yes angel? yes family and friends. Was that? yeah i just wanted to take the money um yeah I had, so i had is it someone that you don't know before no no it's, it's someone it's someone that was helping me you know and i just figured that you know what um you can i need this money so i spoke to somebody and he said he was going to take uh he was going to give us 20 million naira uh for 60 percent of the company <laughs> so i was like no this can all work now <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't even make sense. Um, if you're taking that money, you wouldn't be um, in the Y Combinator. Get it. <laughs> exactly. So, and so I was like, you know, what I really need is just very small money. So I was just talking. I was just talking to everybody around it. So 20 million naira is like how much in dollars? In dollars, maybe like... Um, That's $50,000 for 60%. That's, That's good horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, what happened? So, in that period, I, I started talking to people. And then, when YC uh, was about to come in, so I had to tell guys that, you know what, you guys have helped me so far. You know, just bring the money and let's do it. So, I didn't, so at the point so I took the money, I didn't really, get yes, yeah. I didn't really so need the money. So, they can get some shares in the company. Exactly, exactly. So, but technically, YC was the first money Big in. Big money in. And then YC first is, real money in, actually. Yeah. So, YC accelerated your growth because it made you focus on a lot of things. So tell me about that. Yes, yeah, exactly. So we were still going through that process. So when I started talking to YC and then YC, part of the things they even asked me was like, you know, is there anybody? So the same way you asked me, am I the only one doing this? I was like, yeah, I'm the only one, but I have people helping me here and there. You know, they're like, yeah, is there any of them that you really want to bring, you know, to that's join you? Exactly. So that's when um, Ezra came up. You know? So you went to Ezra and said, hey, this yeah. could be big. Can you leave what you're doing and join <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yes. So I remember you said when you apply for Y Combinator mm. and Ezra didn't have a passport and you had to travel to Mountain View a week after 
and then you had to run around to get visa for for him. Great. That was also ecosystem related because we like again we didn't know anything, we didn't know anybody. So when we got that call, that we were in YC, ah Ezra, let's go. So I was like my passport has expired, <laughs> so you had to do that very fast. And so I reached out to someone. Well. I think Benga Sheston helped. Got the, yeah, so we got the passport, got everything, got the passport today. We left the next day. I did interview like a day. And so after. tell me quickly about your experience at Y Combinator. Yeah, so YC was the high. So we're talking about how they accelerated the business. I think it was a true accelerator because so first thing, before we got into YC, question, even during the interview, they asked us like how many people were on our, we told them we had a wait list, but we're just taking people on one after the other. They were like, why? You know, we're like, we just wanted to learn. They were, so they felt we were putting like an artificial barrier to growth. Um, I thought that's, those were their words, you know, and I thought, oh, maybe we, we won't get in, you know, so they, but they got us in. And the first thing they said was, you know what, just take away that barrier. Forget about waiting lists. Open this thing up. Let people sign up. We're like, no, we're not ready. So we spent about two or three weeks trying to get it ready. And so January 11th, we just threw it open. So that was the first big thing YC did, or the first big advice that we took and we, we just took it. So we threw it open and then people started using it. People and, Even and it wasn't totally ready. It wasn't totally ready, but yeah. But at least we spent about two or three weeks just uh, making uh, it ready. Why community, they were super focused on product and growth. On metrics, exactly. So we picked a key metric and then we were just trying to drive that. Oh, you have to up. pick one metric and then that's the metric that you have to drive on a weekly basis. So we threw it open very fast and then we started growing our voluminous process, so um, gross payments volume. Um, yes. So, but more than that, more than that, I remember getting into YC and just asking some very interesting questions. I was like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Forget about this. Forget. Like the answer to most any question is like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Any any question that is not directly linked to your growth. Yes, and it now made me realize how I've been worrying about very unnecessary things. You know. Tell me an example of those kind of questions yes. that you're asking. I'm like, okay, look at my website. Can't you see that this website, like the color, color of your website, please, water, you know, uh, you know, so like random things like that. Just, 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 just very super random things that I was concerned about. I'm trying to remember now, but I don't know. Just, just some things that you thought were important. And if uh, in the scheme of things, those things will figure themselves out later, or you trying to worry about automating your processes or onboarding customers and a very sleep. <laughs> Exactly. Just figure out the growth first. Yes, just get people on and help them achieve whatever they want to achieve. You raised money after YC. Yeah. We raised about $1.5 million. So YC have to introduce you to lots Yeah, we had a demo day, which yeah. is everybody, everybody that can write text yeah. um, came and then you just do your presentation and those that are interested will say yes. And your uh, story was that you're you building a stripe, a stripe for, for Africa. Africa. Yes, yes. Because that's what people can connect to and they can see how big that could be. And then you raised money from very interesting investors like Tencent, yes, yes. Comcast Ventures. Yes. How did you get into those? Um, it's, again, they were a demo day. They were so, a demo day. Yes, so they were so, direct relationship from white yes, community. Yes, they were they were direct. And so after demo day we set up meetings, we showed them what we were doing. Um and at that point was your question. We were going we're going very well. At, at at YC we were doing I think forty percent week on week. How impactful was you raising money from Y Combinator in terms of you getting money from local investors? Because you had some interesting local investors as well. Actually so Olumide um, Yes so Olumide is actually a very interesting story. I was asking um, Olumide about, I was telling him about Paystack. It's part of men I was trying to raise before getting to YC. So I set up a meeting. I don't think we had that meeting and everything. But it was, I think things were just going very slowly. And then I told you Push CV, which um, we're in his accelerator, started using Paystack. Oh, um, it was in Olumide's accelerator. Yes, yes, um, yes. So they started using Paystack. And then I don't know what they told him. So Olumide called me. But thankfully, I was already in... Why come in? No, no, I was in... That was the day we got into YC. Yeah. Very interested. But you didn't know. Just buzzed me on WhatsApp. Ah, he's been looking for me now. How far? I was like, yeah, what? It was like, I had this space stack. Let's talk about it. Like, uh, why? Yeah, nah, he's spoken to his guys. I didn't know that it was, he couldn't really connect with it before, but now he knows that he wants to invest. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I think we're already in YC. So I was like, ah, okay, no problem. But I can't scan. I said, enter. So yeah, so Lumide was going to make that investment hopefully and Olumide was my technically my friend I knew him um, before then so but um, yeah so so I got some local investors but I don't think the foreign guys they didn't, they didn't really they didn't even ask <laughs> so you got some local investors as well apart from Olumide that joined after with YC that was the only race so that's been your race so far 
it was it was a very high fidelity risk. So like in three weeks, we raised about seven hundred and twenty k, just three weeks because um, we just told people um, this is it. This is what we're trying to do. I want to close this very fast because again we were still building the product, so we couldn't even spend time or waste too much time trying to raise wow. uh, uh, money. So, so you raised money within three weeks. We raised a box, so I stopped. Um, so what happened was I got over forty likes after demo day. So immediately I started um, I started talking to them, setting up meetings. And so after three weeks, I hadn't gone through the process, but I had about 720,000. So we're like, you know what? This one is enough. Let's, let's, just, close. let's focus, you know? So, and then, so we just started doing it uh, little by little till we got to- That's good. So your, your, mon- your, ra- your money raising story is not as painful as many other people went through because yeah. you but had- it's painful too because I had a lot of meetings. I probably had over 60 meetings in that yeah, three weeks. Yeah, a lot of people have about yeah. 100 meetings. Yes, but yes. to close. Yeah, so I closed- about 15 or 11 of them. So 11 over 60. That's I know, a good but close rate. Yeah, I know, but it's painful. Imagine a guy toasting 60 babes and just 11, you know, like the process. But but a guy toasting 60 babes is one person he needs. He doesn't need 15 of them. Yes, I know. <laughs> but just think of the process of going through a process with 60 people. No matter what it is, I think it's, it's stressful. A lot of people will say no. Outrightly. Um, yes, and even question your hypothesis. Yes, exactly, exactly. So I think that process was tiring that's why i've stopped so when the, once the last once someone just said the last person someone just told me yes and i saw that the money was past 700 i was like you know what i can't do this again please but then you had more later on <laughs> yeah you know we started so it, it now became the other way around so we were not really actively driving it again so and it was just, just coming to you and throwing money at you not throwing money <laughs> at us but um we, it was it was it was more low fidelity so we were not maybe via emails even you know no nothing i've got a few questions how YC helped you to hire talent and and, and what are been your challenges with hiring talent mm. to work with you yeah that's that's very big so first thing YC said was you know don't hire part of the first advice they gave doesn't matter. Do not hire anybody in the last in the next three or four. Join YC basically because it's gonna even slow you down. Just get the system running. Whatever it takes, just try to do it yourself. Um, and then it will become easier. So I think that that was super helpful and that made that even helped me figure out the best people to hire because I had done almost everything myself. Um so but after that, of course, you now need to figure out. Um I think the, the real advice there was hire for the pain. So do it yourself. Once it becomes painful, um, find someone else to do it, you know. So, um, so we, we, and that's essentially how we've done it. Um, yeah, iron is still very difficult um, because you find the right people, but sometimes they don't want to take, you can't afford to pay big, big money. Because we're not paying. Uh, Why? No, no, we're you paying. Know? No, we're paying. But um, again, for the kind of people we want, um, they probably want to work with Facebook or, or Google or you know some bigger company. I can't pay Google salaries. Um, you can you can sell the boom. Yeah, I know, but some people. Yeah, yeah, we we try, we try, but um. So, but it's 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 just a mismatch of, like the people you like, you know, like the people that like you, you don't like them. <laughs> But I think there's a gap in expert. I think from an engineering perspective, the, the problem we have with engineering iron is that I don't think there are enough experts. So experts, I mean, people that have done this, that are so good at what they do. Um, so, um, and that's very difficult for us because we also don't have a lot of time to groom, you know. So, in fact, I don't know how that will work. So, I think the big pain in engineering talent. So, there's no Facebook that has like, you know, Silicon Valley is easy because you can find people that have worked with Facebook, Google, Twitter, Uber. You know, there's just so many engineers that have figured all these things out, just hired them. But here, not enough companies have given people the opportunity to become experts at what they do. So, and that's why I think. The ecosystem just developing will help. Do you think Andela uh, is helping? Yeah, Andela is helping, um, but just because we're talking about experts, now they've done about three years, so it's getting better. You know, In the early days, it was more difficult because they were just one year into the program. Yeah, but so where are diff- you finding uh, the most pain in terms of talent? Uh, it's it's even commercial, so it's even so like it's sales development, people. Sales. Exactly. Like that's, that's where it's been a bit what more about painful. marketing? Yes, exactly. So that's where it's been a bit more painful, again, because we don't want traditional people. We want people that can think in first principles people that can you know what think like what we're creating a new kind of company we you know we're solving like coca-cola can put billboards out because they already have product market fits they know the right messaging and because the, the, the main thing is branding for them. exactly 
No, even for branding, they figured out the message that mm-hmm. works in the last hundred years. Mm-hmm. We haven't even figured that out. So I need someone that can take the time to figure out what message will work first, you know. Or even so, figure out who you should be talking to exactly. and how you should be talking exactly. to Exactly. So our problems are very difficult. And build a community around your product. Exactly. And how many people have done those things? Um, yeah, so that's why it's a bit difficult. Um, so I, again, I just wish there were more companies that we can still approach people from. <laughs> then we will have. So, so commercial hiring is even more difficult because even engineering, like worst case, you would will, will even... You train them. You exactly. Exactly, you know, but how do you even start training someone how to become a community manager? You know, so it's it's a bit more difficult. So there has been lots of boom around fintech yes. in Nigeria, especially yes, in the yes. last 12 months. Yes. How do yeah. you see this play out? Um, yeah, I think increasingly financial solutions or finance is a big problem. A lot of things haven't been built yet. Our financial infrastructure is, I don't want to say terrible, but it's not as advanced as where we, where you have, where you have in the US and the UK. There are big problems here that we need a lot of people to solve. And so it's exciting now that local companies are trying to solve these problems. You know, before we just wait for people to solve it for us, you know, so it's like, like on that industries, for example, I don't think there's anybody thinking of building an airplane here i think the success or the good thing about fintech is that we've all accepted that you know what this payments lending this financial solutions need to be built by local people and a lot of local people are stepping out and they're building it so that's that's super impressive there's been a lot of talk about you and Flutterwave. Yes, how yes. do you see your relationship where do they fit in the ecosystem in the payment stack oh, okay I, I think as far as i'm concerned i think it's playing the same You're payments payment stack because but, but, initially the mm. narrative has always been that they yeah. are building the core infrastructure and you are on top of that in, yeah, the, in the stack no, that's the false narrative. Uh, we, what, what, I, what we're doing is we're building a merchant-facing solution. So that's right. why it looks like, uh, you know, so I think the first thing we've done, or the first thing, in fact, that's part of why we built Paystack, which I didn't finish, was that I looked at the companies that were building payments, InterSwitch, eTransact, and uh, Unified Payments, and I wasn't convinced that any of those guys were building for the merchants. I wasn't convinced that no people were building the tools that the merchants want. People just wanted to build solutions for banks and say they are making so much, processing so much. You know? So we, we didn't feel that. And, that, and Ezra, thankfully, also is one of the guys I know that feels that same pain that, you know, why hasn't anyone built this? And so that's why we call it Paystack. You know, let's figure out what merchants want and let's build it for them. And that's essentially what we've done. And that's what Paystack is. So Paystack is a company that does every lifting. You know, whatever it is a merchant is going to do by himself, we'll have to do it for you. In terms even, of if it co- even if it means building the infrastructure. So you see yourself building the same thing that, that Flutterweb is building? We we are. We're connected to banks already. We're connected to NIPS. We're connected to MasterCard directly. So we're connected to everybody. You don't need to be on top of Flutterweb stuff anymore. Um, I can tell the story if you want to hear the story. But uh, remember I talked about how Paystack started with us sending cards directly to MasterCard through Access Bank. That's exactly what Paystack is. Uh, and that's how we started. Um, so, but at some point um, in, I think um, last year, May or June, the rich people I was talking to reached out to me and said they wanted us to connect to Flutterwave too, because Access Bank and Flutterwave, or Access Bank is now using Flutterwave or something like that, that I didn't really understand. So I'd be like, no, 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 it doesn't matter. Like we don't need a middleman. We don't want a middleman. It's going to make us slower. It's going to make it more pointless, you know? So Some of your merchants are telling that they need- The people we're working with in Access Bank. Oh, the people you're working with in Access Bank are saying that you need to connect to this Flutterwave thing. Because that's the company they are, that's the as a payment that's infrastructure that they're, they're using. using you know but um, we didn't understand that and so but after there was a lot of pressure around that um, but we couldn't do a lot so we had to connect to Zenit so we tried setting up Zenit Bank um, so there was like a two month period before we made that move so we had to connect to them and I think it was in that period we just saw a press release but it was live we have customers this 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 is space back so that was very frustrating for us because um it just affected the entire narrative. Because um, you felt that you are not. It's just going to confuse everybody. We don't need you. Like, we built the company. We spent about eight months and nine months. There was no real value in that connection, uh, which we, we made clear to the bank, you know, but they said that was the bank's position. So I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, we'll go to another bank. 
Um, yeah, so that's the thing. So two month period, I think we had a good relationship with them. Um, after that press release, the relationship went down. Um, but of course, we couldn't do anything because we made a conscious decision to say, you know what, the most important thing really is for our system to be live, for things, for the merchants to work. Um, yeah, so... Um, so actually, you see yourself as competition? I think from a merchant's perspective, we're clearly building for the merchants. So if you're a business that needs to accept favorites, there's nothing another company is giving to you that Paystack will not and cannot give to you better because that's why we built Paystack, you know. So I know that they're doing a lot of things. Um, so in some cases, we're clearly not competent. Um, so I see Bata, um, for a product like Bata, we don't have a product like that. Um, that's not what we're doing, you know. So, but Are I you think, focused on Yes, yes, yes. Whatever focus, yes, but I, yeah, so that's, that's, that's how I think. How do you see this play out in terms of what would differentiate the winner? I think it's who has built the most useful value, you know. So, and that's why we have to be clear, clear not to get into a bubble uh, because real the real competition and that's what we tell our people when you say are we competing with other people no we're not competing with InterSwitch InterSwitch is the guy that is processing maybe 80 or 90% of payments in Nigeria online. or web payments you know but so, all, all, you don't just say that you're competing with cash exactly you know so this is not competition yeah. let's all solve the same problem I don't matter so but what because what, uh, is it that most payments in Nigeria is still done by, by yes, cash yes it's, it's still very offline and a lot of bank transfer the web is 1.5 percent of electronic payments <laughs> so that's how small it is actually that's electronic not even so i won't still competing with other payment methods so people want to use their card collect cash from the atm and and use it to spend stuff. <laughs> so like we're competing with all that but i don't want us to get into the right sharing part where a lot of companies were trying to do right sharing but maybe they didn't build the right things and then uber came and they couldn't compete so i think for fintechs like we all have to be clear that the winners are the guys that will build the right tools mm. a place that we've tried to build some very important things that even nobody even international companies have never built we built a timelines feature for example that shows you the timeline of a transaction like how many seconds did you spend on it? Nobody has built that in anywhere in the world because maybe they don't need it there. But here we know that transactions fail. Customers call and complain that, oh, my card failed. What happened? This, this, this. I didn't do this. You know, so a combination of all the useful things you build is what will make you a company. Uh, that's what makes Snapchat with the That's what makes Instagram. I think um, the winners will be whoever's built the most useful thing uh, because after all this thing goes now, <laughs> what matters is how useful um, or how big the problem what is your biggest business pain point? Hmm. <laughs> um, Iron right now. Talent. Yeah, talent. Yeah. Uh, that sounds like the answer that no, most people uh, tell me, yeah, actually. Yes. Uh, what is your number one growth metric? Um, it's um, gross payments volume, so how much transactions are you going to our process. Per month or per week? Per month. Which book are you reading at the moment? Hard Things About Hard Things is what I, I'm rereading it. It's like a Bible for me. <laughs> but yes. before that, I read um, Akin Alabi's book, which is very interesting for a local book. There's so many useful things there. Uh, small Money, Big Business. Small Business, Big Money or okay. something like that. book was like, I was surprised that this book was local. And then before that, I read Peter Thiel's book, uh, um, yeah, so. Which business is getting you excited at the moment, mm-hmm. apart from Pesta? <laughs> okay, I like Piggy Bank. I like, um, I like what they're doing at Piggy Bank. It's nice having you on the show. Yeah, I really enjoyed it again. Uh, like we, we've had this chat right, right. before. Now I wish there was more time. <laughs> but thank you for, for coming. No worries, no worries. Thanks. Yeah. You've been listening to Building the Future podcast by Dalton. These are the interviews with entrepreneurs that are playing a key part in shaping the African future. And you'll be able to hear all their stories. For more, sign up for the weekly newsletter at thestarter.com. Our revolution will be televised. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed the show. Before you go, I have a favor to ask you. And it will take 30 seconds of your time or less. It will mean a lot to me. If you like this podcast, you can easily let me know by going into iTunes, Teacher, SoundCloud, or wherever you download podcasts and subscribe. You can also go to our website, thestarter.com. That is T-H-E-S-T-A-R-T-A.com and sign up for our newsletter. It will be a huge favor to me and it's really simple and easy. If you subscribe now, it will help us a lot. Thanks. 